Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The politics of dancing. Order, order. Mr. Speaker. Order. The week that was begins right now. Joining me now is Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, Keith Baldry. Good afternoon, Keith. Happy Friday there, Jazz. Happy Friday. A couple of issues uh, that uh, caught my eye this week. I think we should talk about both. First of all, let's go to the city of Surrey and the ongoing policing challenge. And just when you think that, you know nothing new is going to come out of there, it's going to be quiet for a while. We learned this week that uh, the city of Surrey is refusing to pay uh, owed wages to 10 new recruits with the Surrey Police Service. Turns out the police union uh, said uh, they are going to cover the cost at this particular point. Um they are saying that the city of Surrey is withholding uh, those wages. Uh, now, the city says uh, the SPS has a budget of $48 million for 2023, and they've already exceeded it by $23 million. Uh, at this particular point, there's a bit of a stand-up. A Solicitor General Mike Farnworth was made aware of this controversy. Take a listen to what he had to say. It is the law of the province of British Columbia that Surrey will be policed by the Surrey Police Service. It is time to stop this obstructionism and get on with the transition. The fact that you have men and women who want to dedicate their lives to that, and then the city says, oh, we're not going to pay you? Who does that? Who does that? Well, apparently, when it comes to Surrey, Surrey does that. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, when does this end? Well, you know, I had a long talk with Harmouth about this. is somewhat exasperated by Brenda Locke's antics here, or strategy. Um, but he pointed out to me, the province has a lot of moving parts in its relationship with municipalities that involves money. And I get the strong impression that um, Surrey may end up paying for this in other ways, um, being penalized by the province when it comes to funding for various things. Uh, no decisions have been made yet. He says all options are being studied here. One could be where the, where the province steps in and pays the wages of people and then bills Surrey for that uh, that money and provinces just have a pretty good provincial governments have a pretty good track record in collecting debts owed by municipalities so you're right this isn't over this was an unexpected turn and i probably given the track record here in the pattern there's probably going to be more unexpected turns the province also disputes this budget figure uh, surrey council's putting out saying that they only funded surrey police service for half a year it never did give full-year funding. So they said if there was full-year funding, as there should be, then there'd be no no deficit, no problem. So it's just another chapter in this long-running feud, and I hesitate to predict where it's going to go next. Now, the city has spent or is spending half a million dollars on this you know, public awareness campaign. You can call it a PR campaign, whatever you want to call it. They're putting up... Uh, Billboards, which they have in regards to, you know, referring to this whole Surrey mess as the NDP Surrey tax, uh, they've sent, uh, you know, mailed out flyers to people's residence residences. I think there's more uh, more information coming out as well uh, in regards to this campaign. There was a 
uh, a, a, I guess, a poll put out as well, which talked about people's support of Ms. Locke and the RCMP. Um, do you worry, does the NDP worry that this could impact them in the next provincial election, which is very, you know, it's expected in the fall? Well, it's a, I mean, you look at the seats the NDP's won there. Most of them are won easily. Um, so it's, it's, I don't detect, and th- that poll was kind of rather loaded when you looked at the questions that the staff put in, City Hall staff put in. So I don't put much stock in that poll. Um, but obviously, the, the electors likely split on this issue, but I don't think it's an 80-20 thing or a 90-10. Mm-hmm. It's probably closer to a 50-50 or 60-40. And you look at what the writing the writings of the NDP holds in Surrey, with the exception of one, they're all very strong NDP ridings. Um, mm. One is a swing riding, but, you know, Harry Baines, Bruce Ralston, Jenny, Jenny Sims, uh, these are very safe seats. So I don't think um, they're worried about from that aspect. I think they do would like to pick up a riding like Surrey White Rock, where they almost won and lost by less than 300 votes last time. Maybe that riding goes out of sight now because of a, a controversy like this. But I don't think there's too much concern that I've picked up that their Surrey seats are, are in jeopardy. Uh, because of this particular issue. I just don't think public sentiment that I've seen is is one-sided for one or the other. It seems to be a fairly 60-40 type proposition. Do you think this will come to an end with maybe the provincial government offering a bit more money to Surrey? Right now it's $150 million is on the table. Would it take a bit more money to, where there could be a, um, a you know no. some sort of agreement? Or do you think this is good? Surrey's going to be kicking and screaming right to the end? I don't think there's any evidence that Surrey would change its position, that Brenda Locke would change her position simply because there's more money on the table. In fact, uh, this could actually, as I say, penalize Surrey. Uh, if the province decides to start sending some bills their way, if they're not paying for Surrey police services. So, no, uh, David Evie's been fairly clear as well when he says there is no more money than the $150 million that's on the table there. I mean, I think a lot of this is Brenda Locke is, is I think, running for re-election. Um, and it's not a bad position to be seen as fighting for your municipality against the big, bad provincial government. But she does run the risk at some point of maybe going a little too far and this coming back to hurt her. But I think she's basically trying to portray herself as the champion of Surrey. And that's not a bad re-election strategy, quite frankly, to pick a fight with a provincial government. Not necessarily a fight you're going to win, but a fight you can say at the end of the day, well, I gave it everything I I could, everything I had, um, but in my defense of Surrey rather than any other issue out there. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about another issue, and that's about demographics. Uh, uh, You've raised this issue in a past column. I had um, Health Minister Adrian Dix on the show earlier this week, and that's the uh, broader conversation about our record immigration levels and and, and rapidly aging population in this in British Columbia. Over the past two years, more than 337 more people joined our MSP system. Uh, at the same time, it's expected over the next 10 years, our seniors population, which represents about 20% of the population, will go to 24%. So one out of four people in British Columbia would be seniors. And that those age 65 and older will, there will be more people age 65 and older than those people aged uh, 17 and younger by next year. Uh, this has a tremendous, tremendous impact, of course, on our healthcare system. Adrian Dixon and I talked about that earlier this week. Take a listen to his comments specifically when it comes to cancer numbers. In the next 12 years, we're going to go from 30,000 cancer diagnoses a year to 45,000 cancer diagnoses in a year. And that is a very significant and daunting thing. That's a 50% increase. We have some challenges now that we're addressing, but that's going to be 50% more in a decade. So that tells you, and a lot of that increase is age-related. 
So it speaks to the uh, demographic challenges that we have on top of uh, uh, an immigration system that's, quite frankly, on steroids right about now. Um, Keith, I, I don't know how you slow this down until Ottawa decides, at the very least on the, on, the, on the new Canadians coming to this country, that Ottawa decides, you know, we've got to stop or slow down here. Well, you mentioned 337 over the last two years. That doesn't include this year. So this year we're on track to having close to another 200,000 people. So that's a half million people added to the province's population in three years, which is an enormous number. I reported this this week, and Health Minister Adrian Dix put it out, we had a record number of people in hospital two days ago. Yesterday's number wasn't quite as high, but it was still a new record compared to the the previous uh, last year. It's just another, you know, 10,445 people in hospital when it was rare to get above 10,000 for the longest time. Now it's almost routine, particularly during respiratory illness season, and that puts a huge strain on the healthcare system. Uh, particularly as one thing they didn't get a lot of notice this week, but. Uh, uh, Dix also put out the the health uh, absent uh, uh, people homesick healthcare workers eighteen thousand missed at least one shift because of illness. I think that's a record because I was tracking those numbers through the height of the pandemic, and I, don't, I think we only got over seventeen thousand once or twice. So you combine eighteen thousand people being off sick uh, with record number of beds being used. Uh, Vancouver Coastal, as a couple of days ago, had just twenty one hospital base beds available for the population. Fraser Health had seventy base beds. If you can't get a base bed, you're going to be put in a surge bed in hospital, and those are literally the hallway beds, the closet beds. Um, you know, the non-ward beds. So it's a very serious situation in the hospital. And it's not, it probably slow down once we get out of respiratory illness season. But you go back to last summer, the summer used to be a time when there would be relatively fewer people in hospital. But we never did get that dip last summer. We're unlikely to get it in the coming summer. So when you get a half million people coming in, just statistically, if, you know, if X percent of the population is sick at any one time or seriously ill enough to be in hospital, if you have that half million more people into the system, that means that many more people are going to be, not that many people, but just a lot more people are going to be in the hospital, which is why Dick's also pointed out this week, they can't, literally can't build hospitals and healthcare facilities fast enough because to keep pace with the, with the population. Uh, more hospital beds have to be added to the system. More hospitals have to be added to the system. And then back to your point about cancer, that's the big one going down the road. If we're doubling the cancer cases by 50%, that puts enormous pressure on oncologists and on on everything from diagnostic early diagnosis to treatment and that's going to be a real challenge in the in the years ahead i mean the population explosion is driving so much of what's happening in bc whether it's healthcare housing or even congested roads